Good evening. I hope all of you are doing well. I wanted to do two blot tonight, but the blot that we're learning today, Dr. Gimmel, is really difficult. So I unfortunately didn't have enough time to, uh, to get it done. I actually Ubered back and forth to the circumcision today because I wanted to save myself time, and the Gemara is still very hard. Now that I'm on the other side of it, I, I understand some of it. So we're going to learn it tonight. Uh, we'll catch up whenever we catch up. It just won't be anytime soon. Okay, says the Gemara, uh, two lines from the bottom on Yud Beis and Beis, we were in the midst of a sugya, and the sugya that we had just learned about was Hamolel Malilos. We learned that if there are those who take kernels of wheat and they want to uh, just by rubbing it in their hands to remove the shell around the kernel of the of the grains, so then that was like a snack by them that they would just eat it, you know, just a crunchy snack. I guess uh, grape nuts would be the equivalent crunch in our modern parlance and our modern cereals, but that's what they would eat. That was a snack by them. So we had said in our Gemara yesterday at the conclusion that according to Rava, that that's mutter to do on Yantif. But if that's mutter to do on Yantif and you've brought it into the field, what it then means is that is that now you've brought this product to its final phase, in which case now that this produce is in its final phase, it should be chayv and truma because whenever we bring a food to its final to its final product, it should be chayv. So that's where the Gemara starts on Daf Yud Beis Mid Beis, two lines from the bottom, and says in Cain, if as we learned yesterday in the name of Rava, that one is allowed to be molel malilos, one is allowed to remove the chaff from the kernels and the grain and eat it on Yom Tov, then matzinu truma shezakoy baharamasa. Then we seem to have had a case where. Actually, we do bring a food to Truma uh, on Yantip. We do, we do bring a food to that point, and that should be problematic because it's none. We have a Mishnah that we learned where Beis Hillel was pushing back against Beis Shammai, where he said, Lo, no, Beis Shammai, you're incorrect. The Gemara doesn't quote the whole answer, but it gives us Beis Hillel's perspective that really there should be, not be a case whereby one can bring a food to the status of truma, to be, make it become tevel, and therefore chayv and truma on Yotav. It shouldn't be possible. So says the Gemara, that's a contradiction. Rava says you can be molel malilos and yom tov, which should be considered Gemar Malachtan, it should be considered enough to make it into that which is uh, Shaykh to the world of Truma. But Beis Hillel says that that should not be allowed. And therefore, says the Gemara, the very last two words on Yud Beis and Yud Beis, the Gemara says, Lo Kasha. This is not a difficulty. Yud Gimel Amid Aleph, Harebi, Hareb Yosi, Rebbe Yehuda. These two different approaches that we've seen. One is, is that of Rava, that one can be molel malilos, thereby bringing the food to its Gemar Malachtan, thereby bringing a food to the Achi of Truma. And Hillel also can be right because each of them have their opinions reflected in different Tanaim. One is Rebbe and one's Rebiosi, Rebbe Huda. Where do their shitas come out? Says the Gemara, we have a Brisa, the Tanya. Let's say that a person brings in bundles of grain um, to make bread. Now, your intent here is critical. If your intent is to make bread, then the Gemara says, then that is not their Gemara Malachtan. That, we're not there yet. That is not their Gemar Malachtan. And because it's not their Gemar Malachtan, then it is not yet Tevel. And because it's not Tevel, then you're allowed to snack from it. Ochel mehen arai upater. And we are not yet Chayev and Truma. That is part one of the Brisa. Part two of the Brisa. Lemo lelon bimelilus. If really the reason why you brought in the grains wasn't to make bread, but rather it was to snack on them. That's all you wanted. You, you weren't planning on it. So you, you grabbed a bundle of grain 
you know, wheat uh, stalks with the grain on the top and you bring it in, but it's not to make bread. It was just molalin bimalilos. That's all you wanted was to, was to snack on them. Then we have a machlokas Rebbe and Rebbe Yosib Rebbe Yehuda. Rebbe Mechaev. Rebbe says, it doesn't matter that you brought it in for that purpose. It's still going to be Chaev. Namely, if you bring in a bundle of grains, stalks of grain with, stalks of uh, grain with the kernels at the end of them, and even though your intent is just to snack on them, it doesn't matter. Rebbe says that is considered gemar malachdan, and you are chayav and truma at that point. It is tevel, and you're not even allowed to snack on it. However, Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Yehuda, Poter. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that this is not yet considered gemar malachdan. And therefore, we can see how our machlokas on the bottom, how our question on the bottom of Yudbeis Mubeis is solved. We presented our question by saying on the bottom of Yudbeis Mubeis that Rava was of the opinion that you could be molal and melilos, that you were allowed to roll the kernels to remove the chaff in your hands. We're gonna learn the actual parameters of that by the end of the day today. So that was what Rava said, implying that that should have led to a gemar malachdan and therefore a chiv truma. But then we saw that Hillel was of the opinion that there's no such thing as truma becoming zakai baharamasa, that you were never able to turn something into truma on Yontif. How do we answer the question? It's very simple. What was Rava saying when he said that you can be modal in Bimalilos? He was saying, like the opinion that we just learned on the fourth line of Yud Gimel Amad Al, third line, not the fourth line, and that's the Shita of Rabiosi. That Rabiosi says that when it comes to modal in Bimalilos, you're still Potter. And that's why Rava would say that you're allowed to eat Masha'in Kain, the Shita of Hillel, which says on the very bottom of Yud Beis, Mabez on the last line, She'en Zakai Baharamasa, that when it comes to Chuma, you could never have that take place. That a food will become chayv in truma anyantiv, so that's uh, that would follow the shita of Rebbe, who says that molul and melilos would be chayv, and then all of the shitas make sense. And then the Gemara says, well, kind of. I could create a scenario whereby even Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda would say that you're going to be chayv in truma, in which case our question, our answer falls apart. How would this work out? Says the Gemara. Even according to him, I could come up with a scenario where one would be chayev for molul and melilos for removing the chaff from the kernels to eat this food as a snack. What is the case? The case can be where the following takes place. You brought in the bundles of grain into your house for the sake of making bread. And then once the grains are in your house, then even there, in that case, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda would acquiesce and agree to Rabbi and say, that that would become Tevel even on the day of Yantif itself. So if that's true, then our answer falls apart because Rava no longer has the, the footing of this Tana, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, because in that case where you brought in the bundles of grain for the sake of making dough, and then you changed your mind once it's in your house, now you can't get out of it because when you brought it into the house, it was for that one purpose. And therefore the question falls apart. So what the Gemara does is it reinterprets Beis Hillel. Remember our question from Rava was from Beis Hillel. And of course, historically, that makes no sense because Beis Hillel was earlier 
much, much earlier. Rebbe was a fourth century Amor. That's already a hundred years into the Amorim, approximately. I mean, they had children younger. Maybe it was 80, 90 years, but it was well after the times of the Amorim had started. So what, what does the Gemara say here? The Gemara says, you're right. There is a case where Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, would agree that the case of Molal and Melilos would, be, uh, would become Truma. And therefore, Elamai Truma. What then does Hillel mean? Just take a look at the last line of Yudbeiz and Yudbeiz while we read this answer. It says there, quote, how do we define truma? So Elamai truma says the Gemara, rove truma. You're right. Beis Hillel is just saying that most scenarios don't yield truma on Yontif, but there are cases that you could creatively come up with that would yield a case of truma, just like the case of Rava. And this is really the second approach to our Gemara. All right, this is section number one. Section number two is now that we've learned, um, now that we've learned this principle of uh, of something becoming chayv in truma, how would we extend this from the world of grains to the world of legumes, to things like beans? And we'll see fenugreek was also considered uh, a commonplace. I looked it up today to see what they used it for. Fenugreek is used even today in many, it doesn't have a lot of uh, science behind it per se, but people use it for for colds and other a whole, it's in the vitamin aisle. It's not in, uh, it's not in the FDA approved side of things. It doesn't mean that it has no value. The Gemara also used it uh, in some form or another, but it, it's considered, uh, I don't even know if this is true from like the phylum genus stuff. I don't know if it's considered a legume. It's actually a seed with a leaf. And in some countries, the leaves are eaten like lettuce. So I don't know if it's a legume. The Gemara certainly assumes that it's a legume. It took me forever to figure that out today, but that was a big piece of the Gemara. And let's see what, it, what the Gemara is talking about. Let me just say the framing just one last time in one sentence. How do we extend the rules that we've learned from uh, things becoming truma to the world of legumes? Are they the same rules or are they not? Says the Gemara, there are two versions of Abaye. Amar Abaye, we're seven lines down. Abaye says, Machlokes b'shibolem. The machlokas that we have with Rebbe and with Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda is only in regards to grain. Aval bekitneis, when it comes to kitneis, when it comes to beans and legumes, peanuts, anything of those of that sort, divrei hakol asuraisatabla. Everyone agrees that if it's brought in a bundle, it is instantly going to be considered truma. That is, as we would call it in the in this area of halacha, it's gemar malachtan. When this thing becomes a final product, thereby. Chayev and Truma, it is Tevel, and you may not snack from it. A bundle of, yeah. From the word Asur, that it's tied up, Matir Asurin, from the same language. Says the Gemara, okay, good, all right, I hear what you're saying about Abaye, that Abaye says that the only time that Rebbe and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda have their machlokas is by grain, but by kidneys, everyone is, agrees that the that we're a little bit more strict, that the line is a little tighter, that the second it comes in with bundles, I don't know how peanuts are grown per se, but if they come in and still attached to the to the vines that connect them to get their, their growth source to that, the second you bind them up, it's considered to be tevel. So what says the Gemara, maybe we have a raya brura from the following brysa. Uh, so the Brisa reads as follows. If a person were to have bundles of fenugreek, which were tevel, all right, that's already pretty convincing. It's tevel, uh, it's fenugreek, which we assume is a legume. The Gemara assumes it's a legume and, and uh, it's a chavila. So this is a pretty, right? That's pretty clear as to what's going on. Anyways, in this regard, what does the Gemara say about the fenugreek that's in its bundle and its tevel? How do we give miser in such cases? A person, a person should crush up the edible portions of the, uh, of the fenugreek. 
Umechashev, and you should measure out approximately kama zerayesh by him, how much there is. Umafresh al hazera, ve'en umafresh al ha'etz, and then you are going to give your portion of truma only on the seed portion, only on the edible portion, but not on the wood portion. So that's what the brisa says. So says the Gemara, my lab, is this not a reflection of the Shita of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, to Amar Hasam Lo Tabla, that over there when it comes to grains, he says that it's not Tevel, but over here, Hacha, by the by the legumes, by the by the tilsan, by the fenugreek, it is considered tevel, exactly like Abaye said, that the only time that, that there is a machlokes is when we're talking about grains. But over here, we're talking about legumes, and therefore everyone agrees, asuraisa, that once it's bound up, that it's going to be tevel. So says the Gemara, maybe this is a perfect raya for Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Uda. The Gemara says one third of the way down, the way down. No, no, that's not correct. <clears throat> I could even say that it's Rebbe. Okay, if you want to say that it's Rebbe, my area Tilsan, why are we dealing with fenugreek? Remember that Rebbe's opinion at the Bryce at the top of the page is that no matter what you're going to be chayv, even if it's grains, Abaye's whole opinion only makes sense within Rebiosi Brebihuda because Rebiosi Brebihuda was lenient when it came to the grains and strict when it came to the legumes. So that's the only time that it really makes sense. And had it been that we were talking about Rebbe, then this Brysa did not need to speak about Tilsan. He could have been talking about anything because he was strict across the boards of Nami. So then says the Gemara, well, Elamai, what am I supposed to do? Rebiosi Brebihuda? It doesn't make sense for it to be Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda either. Why not? Because the Gemara says, Is he coming to tell me that there's a difference between peanuts and fenugreek? Just speak globally and talk about legumes and talk about kidneys. Why does the Brisa here have to talk about Tilsan? So the Gemara says, in fact, this is actually the case of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda. The Brisa that speaks about, um, about the Tilsan is Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and the Gemara explains, Ela Tilsan We needed to specify this particular legume of fenugreek. Why? What is unique about it? Because Salka Daita Chamina, I might have thought that fenugreek was different than some of the other legumes. Halfway down. Why would I have thought that? Salka Daita Chamina, Homel Vitam Eitzo Upirio Shove. Because the flavor that one tastes with the fenugreek is similar to the bark, to the to the branches, of course, we've discussed this before. It doesn't mean that they're indistinguishable. It means that the citrusy flavor of an S-rogue tree, the bark will also have a citrusy flavor to it if you stick it on your tongue. So that's what the Gemara means, is that maybe they have the same exact halacha, and therefore, lifrosh nami a'etso. And therefore, when you're approximating how much to give, from fenugreek, you shouldn't only take the edible portions, but because the flavor of the bark is the same as the flavor of the of the fruit uh, of the vegetation, so therefore lifrosh nami so we should factor in the eights, the wood as well, when we decide to give truma. So th therefore, says the Gemara, Kamash Malan, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda would have wanted to add this in to make sure that we don't make this mistake. All of this is approach number one of Abaye to say that yes, there is a difference when it comes to the world of grain, where we have our machlokas, Rebbe, and Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Yehuda, and the world of kidneys, where there is no machlokas, and everyone agrees that once the, the legumes are bound up, that is their gemar malachtan as it relates to them being uh, uh, chayev and truma, they instantly become tevel, and uh, there is no leniencies.
That's approach number one. Now, Ika de Amre, um, a little bit more than halfway down on Yud Gimel Amin Aleph, there are those that say that Abaye's line had one extra word, and that is the word of lo. That's a very big difference. Amr Abaye, Machlokes Bishibolin. Abaye in this version says, really, uh, the Machlokes, Rebbe and Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Yehuda, and this was the same so far as the first Abaye, the only Machlokes that they have is when it come to, comes to grains. Aval bekitnios, but when it comes to kitnios, to legumes, divre hakol asuraisa lo tivla. That when it comes to binding them up, it is not their gemar malachtan. The exact opposite assumption. So assumption number one of Abaye was that when we say that there's a machlokes by grains, there's no machlokes by, by the legumes in that they're definitely going to be tevel. And here, version two of Abaye is there's no machlokes. The machlokes is only by grains. But over here, everyone agrees that there's no tevel. It's a big difference. But we already know that there is a, a Mishnah. This should be intuitive to us, that if we have this version of Abaye, then Mesive, we're going to have to ask a question on this. Because we just saw the Brisa about Tilson, uh, uh, the Brisa about Tilson, about fenugreek, just a few lines ago. Now, we saw it in a supportive context. With Abaye number one, we use this as Lema Misayele. And therefore, here, it's going to be used as a question, because it's the exact opposite Shita of Abaye. So it says the Gemara, as we already saw, if in fact we had a bundle of fenugreek that was tevel, one should crush them. This is, remember, we discussed earlier. This is how we're going to measure uh, our truma. We're going to approximate, we're going to approximate uh, how, much seeds, how many seeds there are. And we only make our approximation of truma on the seeds themselves, on the edible portions. Oh, so says the Gemara, my love, tevel, tavel, shel truma. We see here that it's a legume, and we see here that it's bound up, and we see here that it's referred to as tevel. So how can Abaye say that it's not tevel? How can Abaye say that legumes are not tevel in his version two, when we see in this Brisa that the tilson is absolutely tevel? My love, is it not the case that it's tevel, tavel, shel truma, that it's the halachic status of tevel that we've been discussing, which is, once you bind together these legumes, they instantly become tevel. So says the Gemara, maybe not. Lo. And this throws us into a different sugya altogether. Lo. Tevel tavul shall trumas maiser. We're not talking about truma gdola. Truma was the first, truma gdola was the first thing that one was supposed to take from it. And then after that, the levi would take trumas maiser. But says the Gemara, maybe when we refer to this as tevel, that we're talking about trumas maiser. What is the case? What did he say? If the levi were to jump the gun and take maiser rishon, before the true Magdola was taken, Shmo Tovlo Lashum Maiser, it would still have the halachic term of Tevel applied to it, even though it is not necessarily the case that we have a Chiyu for true Magdola. He jumped the gun, but the lady took it. So if that's true, says the Gemara, if that's true, then, what, then why is it Kotesh? Why did he have to crush it? Kotesh Lamali. Who cares about the crushing? The crushing was for the sake of true Magdola, where we were approximating an amount. But here, it's a percentage. So we don't have to do that. Just look and count the number of, of legumes and you're done. Kote shlamali. Lema, I can just say, lema le, ki hechi just like it was given to me, the levy would say to the coin, when I give to you your portion, you'll, you'll have it the same way. What's the point of crushing it? That only helps for Chumagdola. It doesn't help for this. 
Amarava Knasa was a consequence to the Levi for having gone early, for having taken uh, taking what he shouldn't have taken early. This explains version two of Abaye, because Abaye said, what was the version two of Abaye? The only time Rebbe and Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Yehuda have a machlokas is when we're talking about grains. But when we're talking about legumes, there's no machlokas, and they agree in a lenient form that this is still not tevel, even though it's bound up. How can that be? Hooray, we see that by the Tilsan it is called tevel. That wasn't talking about tevel of chuma. That was talking about tevel of uh, of Maiser Rishon, and that's very different. And the, the language of Ketisha, it just had to do with it being a knas. Tanya Namihachi, five lines from the bottom, the Brisa supports this understanding that we just learned of Abaye, version number two. Ben Levi If a Ben Levi has to give to the Kohen that which he took too early, which he shouldn't have done, Ose Osan Goren. He should take the grains and he should grind them up. Anavim, if you get grapes, Ose Osa Yayin, and you should turn it into wine. This supports the Knas idea of turning it into another product. It's a punishment to the Levi. Zesim, if he took olives early when he shouldn't have, Ose Osam Shemen, Vichule Vichule. Umafresh Alehem, Trumas Meiser, Venosan Lekoin. And then he should separate the Trumas Meiser and the Levi who took the, the, the food too early should give it to a Kohen. Shekeshem, Shetruma Gdola, just like the Truma Gedola is not taken as we turn to the top of your Gimel on the base, Elamina Gornamina Yakeb, so too, Kach Trumas Meiser, Enonitelis Elamina Gornamina Yakeb, it should be from the final products. And again, this was the slap on the wrist for the lady. And all of this supports uh, version number two. <clears throat> version number two of Abaye, to say that when it comes to legumes, that we do not, that if they are bound up, it is still not yet tevel. So says the Gemara, what is going on here? Uh, with one particular, like a side question. It says, Mechashev, that when it comes to Truma Gedola, we are allowed to estimate how much there is. So it says the Gemara, why aren't you measuring? What's this, uh, what is this whole approximation? I don't understand. So says the Gemara, how money? This must be like the opinion of somebody. Whose opinion is it? And the Gemara says, it's like the opinion of the following Tana. Abba Elazar ben Gimel. It's Abba Elazar, the son of Gimel. The Tanya, the Brisa writes, did we learn this Brisa before? I don't think so. No. The Brisa says, Abba Elazar ben Gimel Omer. The Pasuk reads, V'nechshav lochem terumaschem, that uh, we uh, approximate in this context your truma. This pasuk is speaking about two different trumas where we approximate. Just like when it comes to truma gedola, it's taken with an approximation and with your intent with machshava. The same is true by trumas meiser. And that uh, by and large ends this section of the two approaches of Abaye, uh, one that tried to infer about legumes, the chumrah, that they become tevel when they're bound up. And the second version, which the Gemara seems to embrace with the Tanya Namihachi, with the Brisa, where he's, he makes a diuk and says, uh, unlike grains, that everyone agrees that when it comes to legumes, we're more lenient and they do not become tevel when they are bound up. The Gemara says eight lines down on Yud Gimel Amad Beis. We'll be going to the, uh, where are we going? To the Mishnah on the top of Yudal Amad Aleph. So the Gemara says as follows. Gufa. Gufa, of course, always referencing something that we've learned previously. We had said, and this was the thrust of how we explained Abaye's version two, was to say that 
when in the Brisa that referred to fenugreek, it, it called it tevel, it did not mean that it was tevel of Trumagdola, but rather it was tevel of Trumas Meister, that the Levi had taken something before its appropriate time, but it still had the word of tevel. It still had the status of tevel, my taima. What is the reason that this is true? Amar Rava, Rava says, Hol love shame Meister. The reason why it has the status of tevel is because it has a shame Meister on it. And because it has a shame Meister, then it gets to be called tevel. So Amar of Shimon ben Lakish, this is an aside din. Again, we're, we're, we're kind of rolling. It's like when you have one thought, it leads to another and leads to a third. We started with Abai, we came up with this, and now we have a bunch of questions about this complicated case of the Levi having taken something early. So once the Levi took Maiser Rishon from the, from the bundles, what is the halach in regards to what should have happened earlier? The truma gedola should have happened first. So says the Gemara, pater mi truma gedola, that he also should be considered pater from truma gedola. What does this mean? This pasuk means that you should give a truma to Hashem, maiser mina maiser. And the Gemara makes a diuk. This is a well-known drasha. Maiser mina maiser amarti I told you that you should give truma gedola under certain circumstances. Below truma gedola, utrumas maiser mina maiser. The truma gedola should not be done out of order. It needs to be done first, and it should not be taken from other things all that were already taken. That's not appropriate. Truma gedola should be first. That's why Rav Shimon ben Lakish says that in the case that we've been discussing, where a levi takes a portion of the food prior to the appropriate time, prior to Truma Gdola being taken, you can no longer give the Trumas Meiser. The same thing should be true if you took this even once it was made into a Cree, even once it was made into a pile. Oh, so now we're, we're adding another layer. We know that, uh, that Truma has to be, that a collection of vegetation becomes Tevel uh, with a couple of circumstances. One is uh, that it sees Pnei habayis, and the second is that it, it's Miruach, uh, it gets spread out. So here, we're, that's what we're referring to here. If the Levi took what he shouldn't have taken, once the pile was put into a Cree, once all the vegetation was put into a Cree, would we even say over there that the Truma Gedola should not be given? So that's not Correct. Over there, we see the Pasuk says that you do give it. So how do you distinguish? Why is it that prior to the vegetation being put into a creep, being put into a pile, we say that once the lady takes his portion, he ruins the opportunity to give Trumagdola. Whereas in this case, where the Cree is already in place, that you're still Chayib in Trumagdola. So why is it that that's the case? Uma rice. So it says the Gemara because high itgon the high low itgon. When it's already put into a Cree, so then high itgon that's already considered to be dugon. And once something has the status of dugon, then even though the levy had taken something out of order, we still do trumagdola. Masha'in came before it's in the Cree, before it's in that leveled out. Uh, container that's low idgun that doesn't yet have the status of dugon, and therefore in that case we would not say that uh, that you are allowed to do truma gedola, and that ends the complicated part of today. Piece of cake. Says the Gemara. That's why we're doing one blot tonight because it was a very hard blot. Says the Gemara halfway down. Tanan Hasam. We spoke about this already um, about uh, being modelin bimelilos that one is allowed to roll the kernels in in one's hand to remove the chaff, and then they could eat the kernels.
I, they probably made bore priha adam. It was a regular snack that they ate. And even though the, the, the chita would be soon made into bread where the halachic status would be hamotzi. So just think about the evolution. If you eat it raw, it's shehakal. If you eat the kernels as a regular snack, it's ha'adama. If you eat the dough, it's shehakal. And if you eat the if you make it into something that's mizonos, then it's mizonos. And if you, can, you can hit like every bracha on the map with one food, basically. If you throw some pasta baba kisnen, right? That's a, the, what we would call snacks today. Pasta baba kisnen was they used to put stuff inside the dough. So they'd take dough, they'd throw cheese in it, they'd close it, they'd say, and then make a calzone. Dead. So in theory, that should be mizonos. And some of the pizza places, they specifically use apple juice to ruin its possibility of being hamoti. These are shilas, you have to know exactly what's going on. My Rebbe Mufakr of David Miller wouldn't let us eat malawach when we were in smicha. We were in Eretz Yisrael, it was like a standard dish when you order from Israelis. But nobody knew what bracha to make on them because they had some fruit juice in that we didn't know. So everybody would, if you were gonna eat it, you had to eat a kezayis, uh, you had to eat a kezayis because you couldn't just eat less than a kezayis because you would, we don't know if you're hitting the sheer of benching in this wood, maybe you're hitting the sheer of alamichia. So we never ate the malawach. We always would eat, uh, if we wanted it, that wasn't my thing, but if you wanted, you'd have to eat a couple slices of bread to be mechayv yourself. Anyways, bread is uh, has a lot of uh, a lot of applications here. Malach, it, it kind of looks like a like a lafa, but it's like a doughy, flaky, circular type of. Uh... Yeah, it was good. It just it was a big headache. You had to eat so much just to get to that. Yeah, it was part of a suda because otherwise you have to eat a couple slices of bread to be mechayv yourself and benching, and then. It, it was just too much. So I'm like, I'll have the, the, the Israeli brand Frosted Flakes, which is so satisfying. No, my Rebbe held by pizza that you make hamotzi on pizza. It's, it's a meal. You know, I spoke to Rabbi First about pizza. Rabbi First said that if you're eating pizza at the time that's normal to eat a meal, then you make hamotzi. But let's say it's like four, it's like three and three thirty in the afternoon. You walk by a piece of pizza and you're like, okay, I can do that right now. So then everybody first said it's Mazonos. It's unbelievable because it's all, what foods have a dependency and the time in which you eat them? It's unbelievable. But he said, in your head, now it's a snack mamish. You ate, you're in between meals. I, what if you say I'm willing to eat lunch? Oh, I don't know. You got to ask him. I, I don't know, but that was his opinion. But my rabbi and we're never, we never did that. I, one slice, two slices, that hakiru, no, we just wash on pizza. Even if you eat one slice. Okay, anyways, this is a side saga. But the Gemara says, halfway down in Yud Gimel Amid Beis, Tanan Hasim, the Mishnah writes, HaMekalev Seorin, if one is peeling off the chaff uh, from Seorin, from, from barley, that's what we buy in the store, is pearled barley. Barley pearls, so they've taken off the chaff already, we don't have to think about it too much. So there, how do you eat them? Mekalev achas achas ochel. you can peel them one at a time and just pop them in your mouth, make your bori priha dama, and they would, it probably had a nice crunch to them, and that's what they would do as a snack. Good. Wow. But if you were to peel a whole bunch of them and put them in your hand, now you're chayiv and meiser. Now, now it's tevil. Okay, right? And Amar Rebbe Lazar, v'chein l'shabes. What does that mean? Right? V'chein l'shabes, that you have violated dosh. That's what some of the Rishonim say is that it, you will have violated a halacha on Shabbos. Okay, so we're, we're, inter, we're intersecting two halachos here. The halachos of truma, uh, when something becomes chayv and truma, and the halachos of Shabbos. So where is that Rashi? Rashi is six lines before the wide lines. That when you're eating one at a time, that's not considered uh, mefarik, which is separating the good from the bad, That's uh, which is told of the dash. 
It's being done in an abnormal way. But once you start collecting three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all of a sudden you've got a whole handful of shelled barley in your hand. So then Rashi says, Have you told us Disha Vichayev? Unbelievable. So what about like a pistachio? Well, well before well, peanuts, we which are legumes. Before we get to before we get to any of that. What bothers me most about this Rashi is that the action that you did for one pearled barley is the same action you did for 10 pearled barleys. So why isn't the one that you did on one considered dush? What is that? You're not doing anything. The, the fingers work the same. You're doing the same pu'ula, but instead of doing it once, you did it 10 times. Now you're chayev skila. I, I don't I don't understand Rashi. Like, what's the what's the, what how what is the leniency of Kilaachar Yad? It's very weird. And Rashi says that now that you've done it this way, now it's Disha. Only now it's Disha. There's a minimum volume threshold for Disha. I guess so. That's certainly what Rashi's saying. But I just don't understand how it works that we should therefore. I, I don't get it. I don't know. But yes, to your question as well. You know, pistachio nuts is that considered to be dush? So we never assume that. Um, I, my kids, when we eat sunflower seeds, they like to crack the shells and make a pile of just the seeds. I don't know. Is that considered dosh? So the Gemara is going to reject this. Baruch Hashem. You can eat your... Well, let's, <laughs> let's get to it. I mean, again, no psaka You have to ask a, a, a posek here, but let's see what the Gemara says. And we make this comparison to Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Amy, can you really make this comparison to Shabbos? After all, because Vlad likes to eat his pistachio nuts in piles, right? So you take off all the shells and says the Gemara, you're in good company. The harav the great Amora, Rab, Mikal Fale Debisu, his wife would peel many, uh, a cup's worth, kase kase, cups worth of barley. She'd take off all of the chaff for him and Bore Priho Adama, he would snack on it on Shabbos afternoon. also Debisu kase kase. So it can't be that if they were doing that, that it's going to be considered dush. So my question on Rashi still stands, even though it's not a halachic. Uh, issue for us because we don't paskin like this. So says the Gemara, Ella, e itmar. If you're going to add in this line of quote, the chain the Shabbos, don't add it to that section of the Mishnah. Add it to the Seifa, a Seifa itmar. It must be talking about something else. Hamolel, what is the Seifa? Hamolel malilos shelchitim. If a person is going to be rolling in their hands, chitim, the kernels of, of the wheat, and they're going to be taking off the chaff, you can remove the chaff from your hand and you can eat it. But if you're collecting it, uh, in, it Rashi says here, the last short line, pants. It's a wonderful Rashi. You're collecting it. I don't think their pants look like our pants necessarily, but they they were collecting it like a whole bunch of them. You, you, I'm just I'm picturing like a kid walking around like holding up the bottom of their shirt with like hundreds of markers in it, you know, like that kind of a scene. So there, the Gemara says that's what that's what the safe of this brisa says. And then on that, Amar Rebbe Lazar the Shabbos. Fine, that doesn't conflict with the way that Rav and Rav Chia were eating. But says the Gemara, hang on one second. We have a question. It's like an ancillary question. We understand the learning, but there's a categorical problem. In regards to the Resha, in the Resha, it says that you're allowed, that, that at times you're going to be Chayev. If you, uh, it says that if you collect them in your hand, you're going to be Chayev for Miser. That's what we said in the, in the Resha. 
But for Shabbos, it would be mutter. That was, that was everything that we said. The Rebbe Lazar doesn't make sense in the Resha. How can that be? midi. Is there such a scenario, Delinian Shabbos, lo habig mag malacha, that when it comes to Shabbos, there's nothing wrong. That was Rav and that was Rav Chia, that you can, you can shell all of the barley kernels and put them in a cup and, and eat them one at a time. But ula meiser habig mar malacha. But, but as it relates to meiser, that was considered to be tevel at this point. So that's, so the Gemara is bothered. How can it be that by Shabbos, this activity is not considered dash, but as it relates to, to Meiser, this is considered to be a problem. So says the Gemara, who cares? Why not? How do we determine what's considered in the Gor and as it relates to Meiser? It's not. How do we determine when these things are in the category of Meiser? When the flowers that grow on the trees start to fall off. And if they, the flowers don't fall off, then once you put them into a pile, that's when they become chayev. We have the same exact din as it relates to onions. When it's put into the basket, then that's when you're going to be chayev and meiser. However, as it relates to Shabbos, there's no chayev for putting them into the container, for smoothing them out in the container. It's fine. So we have precedent where we see that Shabbos is, you, you haven't reached the threshold of Shabbos, but you have reached the threshold of Maiser. Why the distinction? Why would we say that Shabbos is in fact different than Maiser? Because, because in general, we know that when one does a malacha, it has to have with it a malachas machshevis, a certain level of intent of wanting to do that thing. But here, that's just not what this is. You're eating barley. You're not trying to do dash. It's just not the threshold for dash, for mafari. And therefore, alchanami, but in our case, it's not going to be problematic. Last sugya for the night. Ketzad molel. What was the technique that they used for malila? How did they roll the kernels to remove the chaff? Abayi mishmed Rav Yosef amar chada achada. One finger to one finger. So let's say thumb to index finger or thumb to middle finger, whatever is more convenient. Same with snapping. Some people snap thumb to middle finger and some people snap one of my kids snaps thumb to first finger. I don't even know how they make a sound with it. I can't do it, but they can do it. Try it. You did it. That was very good. So that's uh, what that's option number one, and then says the Gemara. You could do one finger against two, so that's your thumb uh, with the kernel in between your index and middle fingers, right? You're going to break the the kernel that way. And Rava Amar Kevan de Mishane, because we're doing this all Bishinui, it's not the normal way to open these apparently. You could even do one finger, your thumb, against all of your fingers, kind of rolling it against your fingers, and that's how you would do Malila. How do you separate the chaff from the grain? You would do this from your knuckles and, and upward, says the Gemara, says Rashi, excuse me, first Rashi, not in your palm. Uh, they laughed about this. Oh, you're so cute. You did it just on your fingers. Why? Says, says the Gemara, once, you're, once we're already doing a shinui, you could rub it in any part of your hand. It doesn't make a difference, not just the fingers. So he qualifies and says, it must just be that you can do everything all in one hand. You can do it as hard as you want. Squeeze it. Everything can be done in your hand with your whole hand. 
no problem at all. We're going to stop right here uh, at uh, the top Mishnah on Yodalad, uh, the only Mishnah, excuse me, on the top of Yodalad. Mir Sashem will pick up tomorrow night. I am flying tomorrow, but I should be back in the early afternoon. I'll let you know if anything significant changes. Um, and then I, I would love it at the least to do a blot and a half tomorrow. The end of the parak is at the last words of Tesavava Manal, if that would be great. Uh, and that would be helpful for us to catch up at least a little bit. Wishing you all a beautiful night.